Well, and uh, I didn't want to say old faces. Um, I'm, uh, I'm so thankful for this place and what this place means to my family, to my wife, and to see so many of the same people is so encouraging and such a help to me and for my children. I just want my kids to serve God, and I want them to be faithful. I want them to hear, as we've heard so many times today, that there's no life like the Christian life. And there's no, no joy like the joy of God. And to be able to serve him is the greatest thing that you can do. And to give God your talents, to give God what you have. It might not be much, um, but God just wants what you have. And uh, I'm thankful for a godly heritage. I'm thankful for being able to be born and raised in a Christian home. I'm thankful for the opportunity as a child to sing. My parents had us sing. My first song I sang was How Great Thou Art. And I sang it as a solo at three years old. I got through the whole song, and at the very end, I started to cry. I couldn't make it through it. And my parents came up, and they, they helped me. And uh, they still have a tape, uh, a recording of that that they like to bring out from time to time. Uh, but there's nothing like serving God. And, and I'm thankful for that opportunity um, to be here and to be able to bring my children. And I hope they get that desire and to see that joy. And uh, what a great church. This is such a great church. We feel so at home here, so comfortable. And I appreciate the spirit. I appreciate your energy. And I asked my wife this morning, I said, I don't really remember the, the spirit of the church. I said, well, she, well, they laugh at my corny jokes. And she said, absolutely. So that makes me feel good. And I've heard plenty of them already this morning, which I think are hilarious Here, hearing you this morning. I've just enjoyed my time. Uh, the choir this morning was awesome. I really appreciate that song, Bless His Holy Name. And I was about to come unglued back there, and uh, that was great. And I appreciate the Sunday school lesson this morning. And Brother, Brother Justin, you'll, you'll be amazed to see how God had these two thoughts. I mean, just perfectly. I kept looking at my wife thinking, I hope he stops. Stop there. Okay, good. Uh, but it's amazing how God just lined that up and throw in a little plug. No one asked me to say this, but I'd encourage you to come out for Sunday school. Be here to, to hear what God's doing. That was a great, great lesson this morning. I was helped and God, God used that in my life. I appreciate that. And um, I just want to thank you for your spirit. Thank you for, um, again, just for your faithfulness. Greetings from New England. I uh, unfortunately don't have a strong New England accent like my preacher. He's from eastern Massachusetts, and one time we were singing a Christmas song, and I heard him say, I saw a star. <laughs> saw a star. <laughs> and uh, we hear it all the time, you know, park the car, things like that. But I try not to, try not to do that. I, I really told God I'd go anywhere you want me to go except for the land of the New England Patriots. I don't know if, if I have any, anyone that, that agrees with that here, but growing up in western Pennsylvania, I was a Steelers fan, still a Steelers fan. It's um, pretty, pretty rough there right now. But anyway, uh, I said, I'll go anywhere except for New England. And of course, God called me there. And the Patriots have like, gotten better over the years, which is, which is strange. You know, you'd think that they would finally have their time, but they keep their, their reign of terror. And uh, um, I was thankful for the Bible verse I've learned. In whatsoever state I am, there would be content. So I'm in Massachusetts. But we came out here to enjoy your beautiful fall weather this week. So thank you for that. Got here just in time for the, <laughs> the cold and the snow. Everyone back home, they're teasing us. Yeah, enjoying your fall weather, enjoying the, enjoying the leaves and the mountains. And, and I said, yes, we are. Thank you. Uh, we're from New England. We know, we know all about the snow just like you do. And we've just enjoyed our time here. And uh, God has just been so good to us. I have been a youth pastor at Mount View Baptist Church in Holyoke, Massachusetts. It's pronounced H -O, or it's spelled H-O-L-Y-O-K-E, so Holy Oak. But the people there say Hoyoke. Or Hoyuk, they say it really, really fast. Just like the town, you would see it on the on, on a map. It says it would look like Worcester, but then it's actually Worcester. But the locals say Wooster, 
So trying to, trying to get the, 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 the uh, dialogue down a little bit has been a little bit of a challenge for us. Um, but I just appreciate the time here and appreciate your faithfulness to God. And thank you for your investment in, in my wife. I really appreciate that. Over the years, uh, she went to school here, showed it. I mean, every, every corner of this building has memories. And uh, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> um, what your thoughts are, or, or maybe, maybe, maybe you're discouraged this morning, and I hope I can be an encouragement to you. But if, if you don't get anything else, stay faithful to God because you never know who you're influencing. And if there's one thing I can tell you is that anything that we have been able to do for God is part of, you are part of that because of your investment in her all those years, and, and I appreciate that. I really do thank you, and I'm so encouraged to see so many of the same people just staying faithful. We see so many things changing in society and in, 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 in even in Christianity, and just to see you here and to see you staying faithful is, is so exciting. We're in um, Acts chapter 20 this morning. We'll start there, read a few verses, and then turn to Galatians for the rest of our time. But Acts chapter 20, I do apologize. I, I preach fast. I've tried to slow down since the very first time I've preached. I've written on the side of my notes, slow down. And it seems like the more nervous I get, the faster I go. And so I'm trying to, to stay together, but I apologize if it's too fast for you. I think every time I've ever preached, I've had someone kindly afterwards say, I really appreciated that, but it was, if you could just slow down a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I try. Um, but I, I, I do appreciate this opportunity. Acts chapter 20. One of my favorite stories of the Bible will be our introduction this morning. Acts chapter 20, verse number 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Think about that. And there were many lights in the upper chamber, and they were gathered together. Verse number 9. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. It's a great story. And Paul went down, I mean, not the fact that he was taken up dead, but, and Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. And when he, and when he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten, and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. And I like this phrase in verse number 12. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. <laughs> they were very comforted. And uh, what a great story, this young man, Eutychus, falling asleep. And I'm sure if I asked for a raise of hands, if you've ever fallen asleep in church, that no one would raise their hand. But it's a, it, it's a challenge sometimes. And this is just a great story about what God can do. God can bring the dead back to life. And God can bring those that are tired to be awake. And I'd like to just preach to you for a few minutes this morning about a thought, rest for the weary. Rest for the weary. And we'll, we'll continue in a few other places. But let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, thank you so much for this great church. Lord, thank you for the great men of God that you have here, Lord. Thank you so much for the Williams family, Lord, and their faithfulness. And thank you, Lord, for their investment in so many. Lord, thank you for Pastor Brooks and his family, Lord, and his vision and his spirit. And God, just to, to see the leadership and, and, and the music, and this is such a great place. And Father, I pray this morning you will help us to be tuned into your word. Lord, I pray that you will get me out of the way, Father, and that you'll speak and you'll do what only you can do. God, I pray that you will just... Use me to be an encouragement, Lord, to your people, your faithful people, Lord. These are great men and women of God, and I pray that you will encourage us this morning, God. Give us what we came to church for, Lord. I pray that you will speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before color TV was introduced, only 15% of people dreamt in color. 
while other people dream in black and white more often. Two-thirds of a cat's life is spent sleeping. A giraffe only needs 1.9 hours of sleep a day, whereas a brown bat needs 19.9 hours of sleep a day. Humans spend a third of their life sleeping. Think about that. The record for the longest period of sleep is 11 days. Children tend to fall asleep faster and sleep longer when they go to bed before 9 p.m. Boys, oh, they're not here, they're downstairs. (laughs) Doesn't work very well in my house. Snoring is the primary cause of sleep disruption for approximately 90 million American adults. I insisted that I didn't snore until my wife recorded it one time just to prove to me that I do. Pray for me that... (laughs) Sleep deprivation will kill you more quickly than food deprivation. Think about that. The sensation of falling half asleep and jerking yourself awake is called hypnic jerks. People who don't get enough sleep are more likely to have bigger appetites due to the fact that their leptin levels fall, promoting appetite increase. We naturally feel tired at two different times of the day, 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. And this is uh, what's responsible for the post-lunch dip. Within five minutes of waking up, 50% of your dreams are gone or forgotten. And after an additional five minutes, 90% of your recollection, recollection is gone. Most parents lose between 400 and 750 hours of sleep in each child's first year. <laughs> Elephants can, stand while, can sleep while standing. And uh, anyway, we're talking about sleep this morning, about being weary, being tired. And again, I'm not going to ask you if you're tired. I'm not going to ask you if, if you've had a long week. But I know that if there's one thing I've learned about being an adult, about life, is that it gets tiring. I remember thinking as a kid how tired I was that I went to college and thought, this is impossible. I don't know how I can manage this, working a full-time job, being in Bible college. I'm so tired. And then you, you get married and you get into life and you have kids and you're even more tired. But I'd like to give you some encouragement from God's Word this morning. The Bible has a lot to say about sleep. Some of the verses that I don't like are Proverbs 6, verse 9. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Proverbs 20, verse 13. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 through 8 says, Let us not therefore sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. And uh, Matthew eight twenty four. and behold, there rose a great tempest in the sea, as much as the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep, talking about Jesus being asleep. So the Bible has a lot to say about sleep, and I'm sure that we could tell stories the rest of the day about maybe a time that you fell asleep when you shouldn't have or something. I, I remember one time in college, I fell asleep in class. I worked really early in the morning cleaning the grounds on campus, and I fell asleep in class and had my hand on my, my book like this. And I woke up to a crowd of people watching me, and I had drool the whole way down my arm, and there was a puddle on my notebook. And uh, I also had a roommate in college at the other college I went to who uh, fell asleep in chapel once, and he had a, a glass eye, and he was sitting next to uh, one of the, um, the faculty members of the college, and the faculty member thought he heard him snoring, but he looked and his eye was, he looked like he was wide awake because he had a glass eye. Um, but I'm sure we could tell you stories, tell you about times that, you know, you talked in your sleep, which apparently I do, and my family has some funny stories about that and things like that about sleep. But I want to talk to you about something a little more serious. Galatians chapter 6, please. We'll be there the rest of the time this morning. Galatians chapter 6.
And look, please, in verse number 7. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth through his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth through the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Verse number 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I'd like to just take this, these couple verses and talk to you just for a few minutes this morning about rest for the weary. Rest for the weary. First of all, I see out of here the condition. The condition is that they were weary. That word weary is something that's a little bit deeper than we might think. We might think that, it, that it's referring to, to just being tired or exhaustion, but that word is actually kind of uh, goes along with being faint or losing uh, courage or faint-heartedness. And the idea is more not necessarily a physical, uh, a physical tiredness, but a, a mindset or a, a battle of, of the mind. And you see, it's one thing to be tired. I think we're probably all tired at some point, or maybe, I don't know about you, but every day I'm tired. I seem like I stay up too late. I get up too early every day. That's how I operate. I'm the kind of person that, that doesn't, um, doesn't do a good job slowing down. I like to be full speed at everything I do, which isn't necessarily a good thing. Um, but we have this idea, and if you're not careful, we can fall right here where, where the, the Galatians were, and, and they would get to a place when they were weary. And it's something that is much more serious because it's a battle of the mind. Isaiah 26.3 talks about that will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And you see, the, the battle of the Christian life is a battle of the mind. And if the, Satan, if the devil can't get your mind to do certain things and to think certain things which he wants you to think and, and to get away from, from God, he might just get you to a place where you've grown weary and where your, your physical exhaustion and your tiredness has gotten you to a place when, when emotionally you're just drained, and you just don't seem to have much left, and you feel like you've just kind of spent everything that you've done, and maybe this is a, a, a place that you're at. If I could just be candid with you this morning, there was a time this summer that I had a, a talk with my preacher. We sat down and just had a talk, and I, I have a great pastor, Chad Korea. If you are ever in New England, please come and visit our church. You'll feel right at home. Uh, the spirit is much like here. We, we're a southern church in New England. And if you've been to New England, it's not necessarily a very friendly place, a very warm place, but our church is great, and uh, God is doing great things. Actually, last Sunday afternoon, we broke ground on a new, um, uh, a new building that we're going to be building to house some classrooms for our church, which is, we've been just in dire need for that. We have two Sunday morning services. We're expanding our current auditorium. It's exciting to, to, just to see what God's doing. But my, my preacher and I, I'm so thankful for him. And I remember we got married here in Rapid City 12 years ago, and we literally uh, loaded up a U-Haul and drove to New England, you know, the, the quick drive from South Dakota to New England, and uh, drove that thing and parked it right in the church parking lot, and we've been parked there since. Not the U-Haul, but <laughs> that would be quite a bill. Uh, but we, we, we drove there, and uh, I'm so thankful for the man of God that, 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 that God has allowed me to serve under these many years and we sat down in July, and he talked to me, and he said something to me that I wasn't really um, 
expecting July is our busiest month probably at our church. We have uh, my teen camp is at the end of June, and then we have our church VBS and several different programs. Our church VBS is crazy. We're, we're in a very uh, rough city, and we, we have a, a really great um, inner city ministry. But a church about this size, we have between two and sometimes over 200 kids come for our VBS. And it's just a crazy time, and it's exciting. We see scores of kids saved and lives changed, but it's a busy time. And my pastor sat down with me, and he said, you seem frazzled. Are you okay? And I had to humble myself a little bit, and after that talk, I had to just search, and I realized I was kind of at this place where we talk about, I was getting to a place where I was growing weary and well-doing. Not that I was living in sin, not that I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing, but I was growing weary, and I didn't even realize it. I was still serving, I still had energy, but I was spending everything, and I wasn't getting enough sleep, I wasn't planning and preparing for things the way I should have been, and I was getting to a place where I was just drained and and frazzled, I think is a good word to put it. And God began to just speak to me and and use this thought to help me and be an encouragement to me. And I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know if if maybe you just need to be encouraged a little bit. Or maybe you are at a place where you've grown weary and you've just been faithful to God. But I'd like to give you some great encouragement from the Bible this morning. And we see the condition is they were weary, but the cause we see is well-doing. It doesn't say that they were weary because they were living frivolous lives, that they were out in the world doing wickedness. It says they were weary in well-doing. You mean you can grow weary doing the right thing? Absolutely. You can grow weary serving God? Absolutely. And we need to, to, to keep some things in mind this morning. And we, we see that uh, several places in the Bible talks about this. Second Thessalonians 3.13 says, But brethren, be ye not weary in well-doing. Second Corinthians Chapter 12 says, in verse 15, says, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. This verse has meant a lot to me, and I realize the truth of that. Spend and being spent for others. I take my teens to teen camp every year, and I make just a rule that I'm the last person to go to sleep at night, the first person up in the morning. And being in a room with a bunch of guys at teen camp, there's all sorts of shenanigans and and things that you have to endure, and... and, uh, the, the, the time spent, and my wife has, she's really had a more difficult job than I have because dealing with teen guys, they, they won't really talk to you very, very much. You know, how you doing? Good. Liar. <laughs> uh, you know, how's everything? Fine. No, it's not. Come on. And occasionally, but my wife, how are you? And <laughs> she just, that's it. And I remember one time, one of the teens came, one of the young ladies came up to me after our teen program on Wednesday night. She came up to just with her eyes, you know, just, and she came up to me, and I was like, here's my wife, uh, see you later, and it's just kind of, I'm out, I can't, and um, it's, sometimes it's, it's draining, and I mean, you pour and invest your lives in people, and, and God has been good, I'm not complaining one bit, I love serving God, we love the youth ministry, we literally have young people all over the country now, some that are in ministries, many have gone to Bible college, many are at our church serving the Lord, uh, we, I'm going to be performing a wedding of actually our pastor's daughter and one of the young men in our youth group um, next year, and uh, we've it's, it's, been, it's been great. One of our former teens is working with us, part of our youth, work, youth team, and um, it's been great. But, but my point is that you're going to spend yourself a little bit. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, By the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. 
You see, there's nothing greater than serving God, and there's nothing like living for God and being saved. And I've heard that several times today, and I don't think we can hear that enough because the world is telling us the opposite. The world is telling us that you're missing out. You know, think of all the other things you could be doing right now is what the world's telling us, but I couldn't be doing anything right now. I mean, I, there's nothing on a Sunday morning that I, would, that I could be doing outside of being in God's house. And there's nothing more important than when church is open, we make a point, and I, obviously I have to, I'm on staff, but my parents raised me this way, that, well, I mean, the doors are open, you're there, and you're faithful, and, and you do your best to be on time, and, and you do your best to, to have a good spirit, and you be there, and, 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 but there's nothing greater than what God has. And don't let the things that the devil's dangling in front of you ever be, especially young people, don't ever let those things cause you to go astray because sin is only pleasurable for a season. And the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. I hear so many people, well, being a Christian's hard. Yeah, it's not easy. The Bible never says that you'll never have problems, you'll never have trials. But my Bible still says the way of the transgressor is hard. And the Bible also says that God will bless you if you do right and you stay faithful to him. And, and God is good and every good and perfect gift cometh from above. And I have some great encouragements in God's word that if I stay faithful to him, that this is the life to live. But you see, we can grow weary. And so my thought, I guess, as we move on to our third point, the, the first point we talked about was the, the condition. The second was the cause. But if you're weary this morning, are you weary in well-doing? Because if you're not really weary in well-doing, if you're weary because you haven't been living for God or because you haven't been taking care of yourself or whatever, then, then that might be a different thought. But this is a, it's supposed to be an encouragement for God's people this morning. If you're weary in well-doing, there is, number three, a challenge for you from the Bible. You see, look at what the Bible says in verse number 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Number three, the challenge this morning is to faint not. I try to pray every time before I preach about the audience that I'm preaching to. I know that I'm not preaching primarily to teenagers. It might be a little different message if it were to teenagers tonight. I feel like I understand teens a, a little bit as much as you can. And I also know where teens are, and many are just... I used to be so intimidated by teenagers. Someone asked me in Bible college, I don't know if I said this last time, but someone said, do you think you'll ever be a youth pastor? And I said, no way, I hate teenagers. <laughs> and uh, nothing has changed in 12 years, but I'm kidding. Um, but I remember being so intimidated by teens, and I realized that teens are just goofballs. I mean, they're just goofballs. I don't care how tough they look or how cool they think they are. They're goofballs. And I've always reminded myself of that. You know, this kid may walk into my teen room, think he's all that. And I'm just like, you're a goof, man. You know, it's, and uh, that's at least helped me. Um, but I also, you know, try to keep in mind who I'm preaching to. And as I've said several times this morning, you, you're great people. I'm so encouraged that, I mean, so many things have changed over the years. But some of the same people that helped my wife when she went to school here are sitting in church this morning. That's, that, that's not everywhere. Praise the Lord for that. And, and, and I don't know what I, really, you should be the ones teaching me. You should be the one talking to me about being faithful. And so I also realize that. I, I love preaching. I love hard preaching. I, I love that lesson we had this morning. And, and I'm the kind of person where I, I'll listen to preaching too, brother. I love listening to sermons. And I, I love just getting excited about what God is doing. But I also realize that sometimes when we go to church, we need to be convicted. Sometimes we need to be encouraged. And as we heard in Sunday school this morning, the Christian life is compared to being a soldier and sometimes can be exhausting. The Christian life is also compared to being a race, and we know that races are ty can be tiring. And so what's the thought this morning? It's this, the challenge. Don't faint. Don't quit. Don't give up. 
Don't stop going to church. Don't stop reading your Bible. Don't stop doing right. Don't stop serving God. Don't fall. Don't slip. Don't surrender. Don't give in. Don't give up. Don't faint, Christian. We're not done yet. We haven't reached the end. We haven't reached the finish line. We're not there yet. Don't faint. Keep working. Keep serving. Be faithful. Live for God. Do what's right. Don't give up. So many people fall away. So many people slip out of God's will. And the encouragement from God's word this morning, not me, but God's word, is in due season, we're going to reap if we faint not. So keep going. You keep serving. Keep doing right. Keep going to that choir practice. Keep teaching your Sunday school class. Keep working in the nursery. Keep working in the prison ministry. Whatever opportunities God's given you, don't back down, but step up and let's get going for God. Don't give up. Let's keep going. We're not done yet. We're, we're still moving. We're, we're still serving. We still have so much to look forward to. Don't give up. Revelation 2 verse 3 of the church of Ephesus has borne and has patience for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. So under this last point, I just want to give you four reasons why we shouldn't faint. Four reasons why we shouldn't faint, and we'll be done this morning. Number one, God gives us rest. Hebrews 4, verse 9, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from this. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. I'm just going to read some Bible verses this morning. I hope that's okay. Psalm 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and lean, uh, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Psalm 46 verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Why shouldn't we faint? Because you can find rest in God. You can't necessarily find rest in the world. You can't find rest in sleep. You can't find rest in Hollywood. You can't find rest in taking days off work necessarily, but you can find rest in God. You can find true peace and true comfort and in a place to, to, to get away from those things and to, re, to find the strength that you need. You can find rest in God. And then second, going right along with that, a reason why we shouldn't faint is there is renewal. There is not just rest in God, but there's renewal. And you probably know what verse I'm going to read next. Isaiah 40, verse 29. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no more might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You cannot just find rest, but you can find renewal in God. Jeremiah 31 verse 25, for I have established, uh, for I have satiated every, the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, one of my favorite verses in verse number 9 and 10. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. You know what that means? Enough. God's grace is enough for you for what you need. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Maybe you're here this morning and you're weak. You're here this morning and you're weary. Let me tell you something. You can find renewal in God because his strength, his grace is enough. And it's exactly what you need to get through the most difficult times. The rest of the verse goes like this. 
Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Glory in my infirmities? Praise God when, when things aren't going my way? It's not natural. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. What? Flat tire. Yes! <laughs> A bill from the hospital? Hallelujah! <laughs> in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, here it is, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Wait a minute, you're weak. No, but I'm actually strong. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. You get to the end of yourself. You realize that you don't have any strength, and then that's when God can step in and give you the strength that only he can give you. I went to a, a local uh, chicken wing place near where we live, and they have a bunch of different um, uh, chicken wings, and my teens always tease me because I, I bring food into every message. <laughs> like, you're talking about food again? <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, I went once and I ordered, can I get a buffalo chicken wrap, please? And the lady behind the counter says, okay, one buffalo chicken wrap with wimpy sauce. And I said, Excuse me, I didn't, I didn't say anything about wimpy sauce. And she said, well, that's what comes on it. And I was like, well, give me something else. I, I didn't order a wimpy chicken wrap. I don't see that on any menu. And uh, no one wants to be called a wimp. No, no one wants to be, be told that, but you know what the Bible says? If thou faintest in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. And that verse has been a help to me because I've faced some days of adversity, as you have. And if you faint, if you quit, if you give up, you're a wimp. And I know that's, that's hard preaching, and I'm preaching to myself this morning. Be strong. And you be strong by giving up and, 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 and not trusting in your own strength but trusting in God. So we see a rest, a renewal, and then number three, we see a reward. You see, the verse says, in due, in due season, we shall reap. Hey, you're going to reap. That's why we keep going, because there's rewards. It, 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 the First Corinthians 15, 58 says, your labor is not in vain. We're not doing all this for nothing. It's not just, all right, let's get up and sing this song and play this piano and preach so that we can just do our, 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 our duty and follow God. No, it's not in vain. God knows what you're doing, and God is not unfaithful to forget your works of righteousness. In uh, uh, Hebrews 6, 10, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work of labor and love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Hey, God knows what you've done. He hasn't forgotten it. James 1.17, every good and every perfect gift cometh from above, or is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Psalm 84.11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Hey, there are rewards. Psalm 68, verse 19, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Hey, there are benefits of being saved. We're not in this. He could have given us a tough life to live after we gotten saved, but he's daily loading us with benefits. Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And another benefit, another reward in John 15, verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. You know one of the greatest rewards of serving God? Fruit that remains. I want to thank you for staying faithful because you've invested in, in my family. And now we get to go invest in other families. And that's fruit. 
that's a reward of serving God. Not that anyone's perfect, but you can look and see what God is doing in, in those lives that you've invested in over the years, and that's, fruit to you. that's a reward and fruit to your account because you stayed faithful, because you, you kept going. There's rewards. There's rest, renewal, rewards. And then lastly, there's a return of Christ. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He said it in his word. We have a mansion in heaven. There's streets of gold. We went gold panning the other day. We got like three like flakes this big. <laughs> streets of that in heaven. Hey, there's something to look forward to. Don't give up. We're not there yet. Heaven sounds sweeter all the time. Our loved ones are there. I had a teenager ask me once, is heaven going to be like one big long church service? <laughs> I said, I hope so. <laughs> he wasn't very excited about my answer. <laughs> we have so much to look forward to. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I don't know what my mansion's going to be like. I'm sure there'll be some Pittsburgh Steelers memorabilia hanging up and hopefully a nice grill in the backyard. I don't know. I'm kidding. But it's going to be great. You, you, I know that in our minds sometimes we can't even comprehend and we, we, we sometimes think that the best is, that, that, that God has to offer is here on this world. And I just want to tell you, if you ever think that, you're wrong. Heaven's going to be great. And Jesus is coming back. Don't give up. Stay faithful. Keep doing what you're doing. God's doing great things here. And I don't know who is struggling this morning. I think we all, if we're honest, sometimes get to a place where we're getting weary. And like I said, it's a mindset. Not necessarily a physical ailment. It may be. Maybe in your mind, you're just getting tired. In due season, you'll reap if you faint not. Don't faint. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this encouragement. God, I don't know hearts this morning. I know that only you do. But Lord, I pray that you will use this to be an encouragement to someone that's been struggling. God, I pray that you will give us strength. I pray that you will encourage these people to be faithful and to keep doing what they're doing and keep serving you and keep living for you. And not to give in to what the devil's trying to tempt them with. And not to give in to what the world has. Maybe it's a saint that's been faithful for years. Maybe it's a young person, a teenager, or a young adult. A husband or a wife that's just thinking about quitting or giving up. And God, I pray that you encourage every heart this morning to stay faithful. And to keep going. And due season, we'll reap if we faint not. I pray that you will work in this service and in this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray.